Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Mark London. Mark is CEO and writer of Mad Cave Studios, an independent comic book publisher for Miami, driven by madness to create uniquely compelling and diverse comics. Their comic books include Battle Cats, Midnight Task Force, and Knights of the Golden Sun. So, Mark, welcome to our show. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking the time as well. So normally on the show, we like to frame our episodes from a learning perspective based on a specific theme. Uh, in this case, I would love to uh, talk to you about how to create your own comic book company and the comics associated with that company. Are you down to kind of school us on that? Absolutely. All right. Let's, let's rock and roll. I'm um, super excited to have you on because we've had comic book writers on the show, but we haven't had a CEO of a comic book company. I'm assuming you live and you work in Miami? Yes. Yes, I do. And was that a decision? I read somewhere that you chose to move the comic book company to Miami. Have you always been based there? What was the decision to base it in Miami? No, I mean, we are a bunch of, um, of creatives uh, that um, that basically started this in, in South America. Okay. In, in, in Bogota. And um, like two years ago, um, the opportunity presented itself uh, to move out here with my family. Um, I also had some projects going on down there in Bogota. So um, I had to keep on going like back and forward. So I was like, okay, I want to try to be uh, in the States, uh, trying to launch the comic book company, but I also have to keep track of other projects down there um, in South America. So a couple of the guys, uh, they run the office from, from Bogota. We have two offices. One is the Miami office, which is uh, dedicated to the sales, the marketing, the PR, the social media uh, aspect of, of the comic book um, industry, publishing side of things, I guess. And in Bogota, we basically have uh, some of the artists uh, working from there. And why did you guys choose to create this comic book company? Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that even started? And how did you come together to decide to do this? And Okay. Um, well, it's been a dream of mine uh, since I was like 12 years old. I mean, I was exposed to, to so much creative content growing up in terms of uh, animation, the early Nintendo days, and the Atari. Like, I don't want to even go there, but I mean, <laughs> so you're going to figure out how old I am. But um, but also the movies, the Indiana Jones, the, the Japanese animation, the comic books in itself. So I always wanted to, to create worlds, to build characters, create stories, uh, tell stories. So one day I just woke up and it was like, okay, uh, I really, really want to do this. So I started discussing it with my wife and she was like, okay, you either have uh, two options. You either uh, do this or stop talking about it because you're going to drive me crazy. <laughs> so I wanted to do it as a, as a kind of like a passion project of mine first, like a kind of like, okay, let's uh, hire a group of people, build a website. It would just be like a, a fan project that I can just put stuff out there um, and just have fun with it. And I started getting um, artists and I started getting uh, people that could actually build a website and um, at first they were like, oh, but, but you know what? This is kind of like cool. Why don't you take it a step further? And we started like getting organized and we hired uh, an artist here, a colorist there, uh, somebody that was going to run uh, social media. And before you knew it, I mean, we, we kind of had like a couple of um, very, very enthusiastic people that were behind uh, the idea of Matt Tape Studios and just like, okay, take it a step further. 
Um, so then I was faced like, okay, uh, I want to put the stories out there, but I also want to build a company. And it's been, what, three years now since we've been doing this. So, and you said, you know, you pulled the right people together, including social media and that kind of thing. Where did you even know to start in that way? Had you read up on other people who started comic book companies? Where did you decide, oh, okay, I'm going to be the writer? Where did all these initial how to start this business stem from? That's a great question, actually. No, I think that everything that you do, um, it's first and foremost, I mean, the passion, the passion that you have behind anything. And I am um, uh, an avid reader of, of comic books, and, and I really love this industry and this medium. But one thing is to be a fan, and the other, the other um, very different thing is to, be, to actually be making this stuff. Um, so sure, you know how comic books work, okay, you know the panels, okay, you know, you know how uh, the balloons are supposed to go here, okay, you need, a, you need a logo, you need, okay, how many pages, X, Y, and Z. But really, there's, an, there's a lot of uh, technicalities behind um, making a comic book. So sure, you start with, with a couple of, of books on how to make comic books, and there's some great books on writing and lettering and even logos and some beautiful websites out there that, that can really teach you a lot about this stuff. And I guess that a lot of things, and that's why we've been, we've been at this almost four years. Um, I said three, because it's really when we started like, okay, producing like an actual comic book, but four, because that extra year was when you really had to sit down and be like, okay, uh, we're gonna try this out. Okay, this is not working. Okay, is this the way that you're supposed to do this? Okay, let's try to talk to somebody who has actually done it. Okay, let's put. So a lot of the things that you that you do at first are based on a lot of trial and error, and really it came the trial by fire was when you're like, okay, I, I can make a comic book, and apparently there are no rules when you make a comic book. But as you go along in this crazy journey, you find out that there are a lot of hidden like rules uh, that you need to pay that you need to pay attention to. So I, so a lot of people are like. Yeah, I have a comic book and, and it's easy. Just draw here. Just put a balloon wherever you want. And that's a comic book. Um, and then you're like, okay, and how are we going to sell all this stuff? Well, there's a very prestigious distribution company, distributor, uh, which is called Diamond Comics. Right. And uh, Diamond Select. And they, they're basically uh, the ones that handle all the distribution for comic books and even trade paperbacks. I mean, they're a monster. So we were like, okay, our next step is we have a finished product. Uh, we should try to contact them and see if they can put our comic books in, in stores. Um, well, to our surprise, I mean, it's, it's actually very difficult to get into diamonds because they expect a level of quality and they expect your comic books to be on par with certain standards that you need to try to, to hit. And not only that the comic book works from, uh, okay, uh, your perspective is on point. Okay, your characters are are, are on point. Uh, yes, this looks like a, like a professional comic book, but also you need the business side of things uh, in check. And you need to have a marketing plan. You need to know exactly what the hell is it that you're doing. So even when you try to approach Diamond first, at first, they would tell you like, okay, you need to do this thing on your own. And when, when you ask them, like, okay, what do you mean that, that I need to be doing this on my own? I mean, you need to actually go to conventions. You need to start uh, your own social media profiles. You need to actually engage with, engage with fans. 
um, you have to try to do things on your own first. And when they see that you're okay, that, that you're kind of like um, making a name for yourself, even if it's just, okay, I went to um, a few conventions here and there and I have X, Y, and Z uh, amount of followers. Uh, okay, that is something. That is something that, that you can use that momentum to actually keep uh, pushing forward exactly uh, what is it that you want to do. But you need to try to understand the business. Also, when you when you are building a comic book, they, they would tell you, okay, you need to do a little bit of marketing research. I mean, is this comic book something that, that people are going to get behind? Uh, do you think that if we take this comic book to a retailer, to a comic book shop company, and they see it in that big, uh, fat book called uh, Previews World, that is basically every it comes out every month. Do you think that retailers are going to be behind this and they're going to be like, oh my god, this this looks cool. I might order a few copies of this, and, and that's going to multiply by X, Y, and Z uh, comic book shop companies. So it, it's it's actually a lot that you have to keep on track, and there's no manual when you start doing this, um, and you start learning the hard way uh, as soon as you you start getting deeper and deeper into the going deeper into the rabbit hole. Would you say that uh, the distribution company is looking at purely from an ability to sell? Well, in a way, like I would say yes and no, because since day one and, and, and when we started talking to, to them, uh, they were very clear, like, hey, guys, we want you to do well in this. And, but you have to understand that we are also a business and, right. and we are taking a chance on you. So it's basically a give and take both ways, because if, if, you, do, if you do well, uh, they will do well and vice versa. So it's it's a mixture of things in terms of, uh, I'm not saying that the creative side takes a backseat uh, when you're trying to do this and everything become, becomes this uh, uh, money obsession, obsession of, uh, okay, everything is money. No, I mean, it has to be, it has to be a combination. And we try um, to never forget that when we're doing this, this, this books. I remember somebody asking me the other day, like, okay, you were a fan and you started this out of passion, but doing it every single day, I mean, and, and you realize that this, this stuff is grinding left and right. I mean, do you take the same amount of pleasure um, when you were reading it? And, and yes, sure. I mean, even more, because now you, you, you have your name out there, even if it's in, in a small like sample size, but you don't want to, to, to really... Um, I'm not going to say upset, but, but I mean, you really don't want to let down uh, people that are taking a chance on your book or that are actually paying attention to you. Or, or so, so it, actually, it actually keeps you uh, fresh. It actually keeps you uh, motivated to actually deliver um, the best possible product that you can. And that's what I try to do with every single project that we're starting uh, at Matthew Studios. And I'm assuming you ultimately did get published through Diamond, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct, uh, yes. Gotcha. So, you know, going into it, you had those conversations. They said, listen, you have to be up to this standard. What were the next steps that you took? I would love to know um, from a branding perspective. I'm assuming one of the first steps you did when you created this comic book company was choosing a name and choosing a purpose. So Mad Cave Studios, where does that come from and how did you get to that point? Well, it's... Uh... It was actually my son that he had a profile in, on uh, on PlayStation Four, and then he was joking with it, and he was like, "Okay, uh, he had a, a, a Bad Cave Studios kind of thing." So I was like, uh, "So we're like, Dad, you, you should probably use that." So I was like, "Yeah, but you know what? It's it's 
is kind of the, uh, already taken because that's going to work. And when tried to talk with, with, uh, with some lawyers, like in, in, when you try to register all this stuff that that's, that's also something that you have to keep in mind when you're doing this, but, but, um, but we can talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, so we, we then decided, okay, let, let's keep it short. Let's, let's build something that, uh, that, that could be, uh, that could represent everything that we we're doing. So we were like, okay, a mat cave, okay, all the different um, words that, that you can actually string out or, or, or how can you use the, the, the word mat. So we was like, okay, okay mat sometimes is associated with creativity. Okay, so some of the, the most uh, successful, uh, let's just say either painters or artists in the world, they have been a little bit mad. So it'd be like, okay, right. let's, and we and what happens if that madness it's it's hardness in a cave and then everybody's working in the cave and then the cave basically just puts all this stuff out into the world when it's ready so what is going on at the cave um so that's kind of like how the name like started from bad cave studios and then it merged to okay mad cave studios and and um i don't know if you have seen our logo which is a little bit a, a little bad head right straight jacket so so it's it's kind of like okay the cave and the madness and how can you play around with those two and 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 eventually create something creativity will just spark out of uh, of the cave i guess and obviously you're using that theme uh, mad cave studios is driven by madness which obviously ties into that that the name itself and obviously that's a big theme for you so cool and then from there coming up with the name, I'm assuming you're getting a website, you're getting social media uh, handles. What, what are the next steps there? Yes. Okay. So then uh, after you start with a name, which are, when you're like, okay, um, because also like the people that you're getting on board, I mean, when you're, when you're just doing the comic um, by yourself and you're just trying to look for a publisher to actually publish your books, uh, I mean, a, co- a company name, um, you, you don't basically need it at that point. But we really wanted to have like our own publishing house, uh, really have something that, that we can all as a group um, stand behind and actually push forward like how oh, you so uh, will put it with, with the whole madness and, and our theme uh, that hopefully is, it's, it's being reflected in, in, in our books and hopefully people can also get behind it. So after you get that, um, you start building your, okay, your website and then your social media profiles. Uh, which obviously you know where they are. Uh, you need to be at, a, 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 you have to be on all of them. Uh, the more, the more awareness, the more um, people that you can get behind, the more people know about you. I mean, obviously you will pay off uh, in the future. Well, hopefully that's, that's a big plan. So that's what you do. And then the next step is start contacting uh, some websites that, uh, that they review or they even talk about comic books. And and you can you can give them your books and be like, hey, listen, I would really appreciate if you can if you can mention my book or if you can talk about if you can review my book. And some of the reviews, I mean, they're they're great. Uh, some of the reviews that they're not so great, but but uh, but I mean, again, you have to get the, the word out there, and uh, you have to try to see how people are perceiving your work, and and don't take it personal. If um, if you're making mistakes that, that nobody on the team saw or that you think that you're you're actually doing well at something, but but really it's not. Then every single review I treated as a guys. We we got called upon this. Okay, this is this was uh, weak in some aspects. So what are we gonna do? Let's, let's try to improve on this. So 
that's the next step. So you can keep on getting your word out there and also conventions. And then you try to hit as many conventions as you can so that your name is, is put out there with, um, and everybody start knowing Mad Cave and, and, and the people behind the books and, and you take them and you give them a couple of, uh, freebies here and there. And a lot of people will go to these conventions and man, the, the, the support is great. They, they're, they're willing to support, uh, uh independent, uh, comic books or independent com- publishers. I mean, a lot of people out there has, have really, really helped Matthew Studios, um, in the early stages and they still do. So we really, really appreciate the support that we've received from, from everybody. And that's how you make friends. You make friends and you, you network here and there. And all of this stuff that I just, that I just mentioned, I mean, when you submit uh, to a company like Diamond, that is really what they're going to pay attention to. They're, they're going to be like, okay, what are you doing? Show me your steps. Show me what you've been doing so far. Right. And not only what you've been doing up to this point, but okay, what are you going to do in the next two years? What is your plan? Uh, they don't want you to just, okay, hey, here's a, a 32-page comic book, and, and, and I just want to work with you this one time. No, they, they, they want a relationship with you, and it's, it's a business relationship, and, and you have to endure, and you have, just have to uh, keep moving forward. Well, and would you mind if we break those steps down a little bit more? So for you have currently three uh, comic books? Right now we have, yes. Battle Cats. Midnight Task Force, Knights of the Golden Sun. At what point did you create them when you were coming up with the company? And how did you make that decision to do three? Well, I, I have a lot of ideas in my head. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, stories and a lot of characters. Uh, so those three that, that you just mentioned, those were the, the three initial ones that, that, we, that we started with. That's, that's really your, the, our pipeline. Um, but next year for, for Matt Cave Studios, um, we, we're currently working on, on three more, um, which are going to be released next year. And, uh, we are very close to finishing a talent search of getting a couple of writers on board and artists on board. And, uh, that team, those, well, those people, um, we're going to launch four more IPs. So next year for Active Studios is really going to be crazy. Um, so, but, but a lot of ideas, but going back to your question, um, I had a lot of concepts and themes, uh, that I really wanted to explore. And those were kind of like my list that, that I've been working on them for years and years and years. And basically just, uh, on, on drafts and, and notes and, and, and taking ideas here and there and they evolved and they mutated. And I guess that Battle Cats, Midnight Task Force and Knights of the Golden Sun were concepts, um, that I've already had or, or that I wanted to explore. And then when the opportunity came and we got the right team uh, on board, and I'm talking about the artist or the colorist or, or even uh, the letter and, and our editor-in-chief, we were like, okay, this is a story that we can get behind. And, and, and when you start talking with your creative team, uh, a couple of things change here and there, and, and you take it from there. So, so it was... It was um, we, I had like a lot of, of ideas and, and stories planned, and I get this. This were the the first three that, that that are out the door. And for those three, did you use the same artist letters for all three? Did you kind of do a blanket search and then kind of choose a few people and they worked on all, or did you have different artists and different writers and letters for each project? No, for each each of the each of each of the uh, IPs. 
has a different artist and uh, I believe a different letter. Yes, of those three, they have different letters. Uh, for Midnight Task Force and for Night of the Golden Sun, uh, both artists are also the colorists. So they're like a one-man show kind of thing. Uh, but for Battle Cats, we do have a penciler who also does his own inks. And we have a colorist on board. So let's just say that, that from, the, from the artistic side, uh, those are the teams on, on those books. But from the writing aspect, I'm the writer on all three books. And are there other writers or are you the main writer for all three? No, for this, yeah. I was the main writer uh, wow. for, all, for all three. Uh, but that also like ties in with why we decided to do a talent search. Because at first, like I told you, it was supposed to be like a passion project and, and it was supposed to be like a, a thing that, that, that I would handle sporadically here and there. But then when it started becoming a company and uh, we started going through all the different growing pains and all the trial and errors, we, it, could have been, it would have been impossible to just get a writer or somebody on board that, we have, that would have put up with, with all the, 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 the coming up with the idea of building a company. So I was the only one because I was like the founder of the company with my wife. So we were kind of like, okay, we're doing this here, but you then at night come on and write the stories. And then in the mornings, okay, build a company. And then in the afternoons do a creative um, meeting here and there and then work on the IP. And, but now it's gotten to a point that, that it's becoming a little bit bigger and difficult to handle. So that's why we do need more hands on board. And we want to give this opportunity to other people. And were you multitasking all three, the writing and, and the, the process of creating all three at once or did you tackle one no they they kind of been all like at the same time but i tried to basically just be like organized and, and have like each one separate with their own little world and, and kind of like try to break it down with it with its uh, own outlines and synopsis and characters so it's like i have each one like being their own world and but again i really love working with with uh, the artists and the editors that i have um uh, on this because they they've helped me so much so while i was trying to go a little bit crazy trying to handle all those things at once that they will also be like hey, hey okay bring it back don't worry about this okay just uh focus on this because i'm, I'm feeling that this character is it's it's a little bit a bit uh similar to this character so i'll be like okay okay uh let's take it back but it was kind of like yeah difficult at, at first and then should we take um, one of these comics in particular and kind of walk through the process of just working on one? So let's say as an example, I would love to break down. Was there one of those three that was like the first or maybe the focus or? The first one was Midnight Task Force. Okay. Uh, let's just say that I have that one uh, a little bit more uh, fleshed out and I, and I knew exactly what I wanted for the story. But then we got a very strong artist um, that he, he loved uh, Conan the Barbarian and he loved uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe so his style played uh, very well with with what later became Battle Cats right. Battle Cats at first was, was supposed to be uh, the same story the same characters but in a totally different setting but when I saw um, the artist's strength um, I was like oh my god no he, he has to actually try to, that's, why don't we take this cat scene in a in a medieval 
fantasy world direction. Um, so then, because he was the first um, artist that, that we got and he had those strengths, then that's why Battle Cats got, let's just say, uh, our first seat in, in, in the order that we decided to launch this IPs. So it became Battle Cats because we got the artist um, ready for that IP. And you had said you had written uh, most of Battle Cats before you started. Does that mean, can you tell us a little bit about the format of how you wrote it? Was, was that uh, you know, on a notepad? Was that in a, in a Word doc? Did you have a, a treatment? Like- no, I, I was writing in Word. First, it was a, kind of be like a very, they all start as short stories. Um, but then I tried to take it a little bit further and they become sort of like novel kind of things. But then I tried to break it down um, either as a screenplay or as a comic book script. And I was using Word at the time. Then when I was writing the screenplays, I, I switched to Final Trap. But now I work on something called Celtics, Celtics. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard that. Uh, I don't know what the name for it is. Everybody keeps using a different name. And it's a very cool, uh, like, cloud-based uh, writing software, which helps you um, break down your stories uh, through scenes. If you're doing a, a comic book, it's, it's got the comic book format already uh, ready for you. If you're writing a screenplay, it's got, like, templates for the screenplay. If you're going to put images, if you're going to put... Uh, uh, different outlines if you're going to do like uh sticky notes or, or media files i mean it's got everything for me it's it's, it's worked beautiful to this point i'm assuming there's a there's a script for each uh book i would imagine right for midnight for midnight there okay. is okay um for battle cats it was it's it's a novel kind of thing got it and for knights of the golden sun it started being a a, a short story and then, at what point do you bring on the artist and the colorist? Like, how do you? You can you can bring the well. Now that, that we are a little bit more knowledgeable about the, the whole process, um, let's just say that, that it changes uh, because. So, if I have a new concept and I just have like the the basis for the for the story, or I have the setting, I have the main characters, you have your antagonist or your situation. Or you're, I mean, you just you just take all those back and you just break them down in bullet points, and then I could sit with my artist and be like, okay, listen, these are the main points of the story. This this is what I'm doing. For example, the setting. Okay, the setting is going to be uh, post-apocalyptic. Okay, and um, and he goes and he starts taking notes, and they'd be like, okay, do you want a little bit something like Mad Max? Do you want something like? okay, the road, or what do you have in mind? And you start describing, okay, like the setting. And then you go with your main characters and you start talking a little bit about the main characters, breaking down with your personalities. You basically do all the concepts uh, in written format. So then the artist will get like a visual, um, he needs to try to get like a visual, like a written explanation of everything that you're doing and that you're thinking of so he can interpret it um, in the best possible way. But that is... But that is your artist, because your colorist is only going to apply color. So your artist is he's the one that's going to be doing all the sketches. So he's like, okay, if I want my my main character to be okay, I don't know, uh, he's a seven foot monster. So then he'd be like, okay, do you want it like this? Do you, do you want it like that? And he would probably provide a couple of uh, of options here and there. Sometimes three, four options. Which one do you like? And you'd be like, okay, no. Um, I like this. Why don't we tone this down? And and then you go from there, from written descriptions of what you want. 
And as far as the panels and how that, that's broken down? There are two ways to write a comic book uh, script. The first way is uh, the Marvel way, which is basically you write um, your page. And you basically say, basically, okay, so, okay, the monster is going to viciously attack um, a young high school student that is the captain of the football team. And that is that page. So then the artist, what he would do is he would break that sequence or that description into panels. Interesting. And he would give it to you. And then you apply, like, okay, the dialogue within the spaces that you have and everything. That's called uh, the Marvel thing. Okay. Or you can do, like, a full script, which now they look like a movie script, which you go into a lot of detail and you'll be like, okay, this page has nine panels. And in panel one, you, got, you want the guy uh, brushing his teeth. Yeah, panel two, you want the guy coming in here. In panel three, you want the guy putting on his jacket, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And the last panel, he's walking out uh, his apartment, whatever. And But you basically just write each, each um, every single description for the panel. And also you apply the dialogues, if there are any, um, within those panels. And which of those techniques do you prefer? No, I prefer the full script. I feel okay. that I have a little bit more control and okay. I feel that I have, that I go a little bit more like, um, if I want to, to come up with a twist here, or if I want to build up a little bit of tension, uh, within a particular scene, like I feel like if I'm in control of the different panels, um, like, and being descriptive of what I, what I want, uh, I think that, that I feel, I feel much better at the end <laughs> that that's, that's the way that I do it. And then after you complete the comic, I'm assuming you would then kind of repeat that process for a recurring comic. So as those continue, it's then about promoting the comic, right? So you now have a comic. Do you put it up in a digital form first so that people can see it and get into it before you print it? That's a great question. Um, When you start doing this without a distribution company or or if you don't have like a a proper distribution channel, um, you try to go on social media, you give people a couple of uh, pages here and there. You start uh, teasing um, your book as much as you can. And let's just say that you know that you're headed to a convention in three months. So then probably three months prior, you start doing a little tease. And then you say that you're going to release your book at a convention. And that's what we need to do it. Another one is like, okay, uh, you're going to be releasing this book through Cosmixology or through Amazon uh, because you don't have a physical distribution channel. So you start promoting your book um, that way through social media. And then, um, when you talk to those companies, either Amazon or Cosmixology, or there's another comic book company, a digital comic book company, uh, called the uh, drive through comics. Uh, you can, you can advertise, um, within your social media that those books will be released, uh, X, Y, and Z date. That's if you don't have a distributor and if you're with a distributor like Diamond, every process needs to start a little bit, I would say as much as six to, to even five months before the book hits uh, oh, wow. the retailer. Because two months prior, uh, the book actually being at a, at a, at a company, at the, at the retailer, um, that book, um, your previous catalog, um, gets in the hands of retailers like two, three months before so they need to order those books. So they need to to then uh, Diamond gathers like all the all the sales numbers, all the interest, and then they would send you um, 
a list of uh, not a list, but they would sell you like like a like an order form of how many books you need to print um, because that is actually what you sold uh, within that previous catalog. So five six months um, in advance, you have to start talking to either the fans, uh, guys, this book is coming, this is the next project from X Y and Z company. Or uh, guys, this, this book is it's for you. You you need to buy this book because uh, H1C and it will do uh, great at your at your shop. Um, the language is different. Either if you're if you're uh, trying to entice either the retailer or if you're trying to entice the fan to actually go into the retailer to the retailer and actually buy the the comic book. So you start teasing five six months that your book is coming, and then you start showing little uh, uh, pages here and there. And there, two, I would, I would probably say like a two months before it hits the retailer, even a month before, that's when you send the books uh, or when you expect some of the reviews uh, of the guys that I just mentioned earlier, that um, they start releasing them on their website. So, so, you do, so you, what you do is you start publishing um, in your own social media channels those reviews and kind of what people are saying, uh, if they like the book, if they, if they think that the book is interesting. And of course, that would drive awareness um, even more for the fans or for the retailers. So, And then for you, since you did say you get, ended up getting distribution from Diamond, were there any key things specifically you did to promote your comics in order to get them to be like, okay, cool, we're going to now work with you because you've proven this? Um, you have to try to contact uh, as many retailers as you can. And again, your distributor, Diamond, um, they would help you. They, they will help you a lot. They, they have a lot of tools in place uh, that you can take advantage of. And since they uh, they know the, the retailers, they, they, they know what they want. They have the information. Sometimes what you can do is you can, you can tailor certain marketing strategies to those retailers that they might be inclined in picking up your book. So Diamond would probably tell you, like, okay, from our, our X1C number of retailers that we have, um, we think that probably X1C number, it's very keen to pick up uh, independent comic books. So we can target specifically those uh, retailers that would pick up independent comic books. So why don't you guys do a campaign um, that talks a little bit about Matthew Studios, what you're do doing, how your books, uh, they stem from madness, blah, 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 and why is uh, Battle Cats uh, like the next uh, cool series that they should be picking up. So you can, so you can kind of work a little bit um, with that, with a campaign that can be tailor-made uh, for those retailers that they might be inclined to pick up in the comic books. So it's strategies here and there, again, trying to get as much awareness and as, as much word of mouth as you can and but also pick up the phone talking talk through social media groups uh that they really like comics and uh they're in facebook they're in reddit um it's a lot of work but but you have to try to do and get out there as much as possible and uh after you get distribution what are the next steps i mean what's your incentive to come up with more comic books is that um, just because you want to express more ideas? Is it because you're looking at it from a business perspective and you're saying, okay, well, the more comic books I have, the more options I have to sell these books. And, and as a business, I want to make money. Like, well, for me, and I know that a lot of the guys at first, uh, it's, it's been passion first. I mean, we didn't do this uh, because of the money. 
I mean, Madcap Studios was not built on the, on the assumption of, okay, you're going to get uh, rich doing this. I mean, one of the most difficult industries out there is probably the, the comic book industry. And because there's so much content out there that, that it's really, really hard to actually get the big bucks. So I would probably say that first, uh, it's it's because this is the stories that, that we want to to share with, with people out there um, because we really, really love and enjoy what we're doing. But hopefully, the more titles that you have out there, the, the more uh, trade paperbacks that you can eventually having your your inventory or your rack um sure eventually if, if you have more content and more books you can eventually break even it's it's it takes time it, it takes a, a few years to actually do this but you can you can you can survive uh making comic books uh and again sure that's that's what we want i mean we, we don't want to to bleed out and, and really don't see a purpose for this, but believe me, I mean, the, the purpose is sometimes when, when you meet a fan at a convention or when you receive a letter or when somebody gives you a, a great review and acknowledges like all the effort or, 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 or the work that, that you're doing. I mean, that's, that sometimes makes all the difference in the world, at least for us. I know that it sounds a lot of, sounds very cliche, but I mean, it's, is the truth. What can I tell you? Right, and that's that's the priceless stuff. You know, these are the three comic books you guys are working on now. What are the next? What's next up on the line? Uh, next, next uh, IP is uh, next year. It's Honor and Curse, which is our feudal Japan piece. Um, it's it's about um, a young shinobi uh, and his struggles uh, in his clan, and he has this dark secret, this demon growing inside of him, and how he struggles with it and all the political situation um, brewing in Japan at the time. Um, that's going to be pretty fun. We also have um, an IP called Woven Heart, which is um, our uh, nod to all the monsters uh, of the time, a little bit of folklore there, kind of like your vampires and your Frankensteins and your uh, ghouls and all the cool themes from that spawn in the Victorian era, um, and it's it, it involves some uh, monster slayers that can travel through time. So that's kind of like a, a crazy concept. There, we also have uh, one called RB9, which that one is not written by me. That one is written by uh, Ben Goldsmith, and the artist is Trevor Mercer. It's um, it's about a secret society, the oldest secret society in the world. It's set in the same uh, period as Midnight Task Force, 2055. Um, she's on the run from the secret society. Uh, it's a very cool, cool book um, that you guys are going to enjoy. And last but not least, it's called Nuclens, which is our post-apocalyptic take. And plus the four that I told you that, that are coming down the pipeline with uh, when we announced uh, the winners of the talent search. So, yeah, 2019 is looking pretty, pretty busy for Mad Cave Studios. You know, this time next year, maybe you'll have, you know, six, seven, you know, comic books. What's the end game for it? Are you, you know, in five, ten years, are you hoping that these are being turned into movies? What's the end game? Where do you want this to end up in the long run? Well, I think that every creator, or I mean, dreams with exactly what you just said, uh, that uh, your your IPs or your vision turns into something more. 
right now we're focused uh, on the comics. We're focused on trying to deliver as much uh, content as possible, um, giving readers the best possible comics out there. Um, but I am not going to lie to you. If, for example, Battle Cats turn into a Saturday morning cartoon or Knights of the Golden Sun turn into a cool Netflix uh, animation like, like, I don't know, Voltron or, or Castlevania, or even Midnight Task Force uh, became a TV show uh, in uh, HBO. Uh, they're known for how they tackle that gritty material and they make everything great. Um, I'm not going to lie. We have, I would be through the roof. <laughs> but right now, I mean, th those things are great if they happen. Amazing if they do. But, but right now, we need to keep on working on these books, trying to, to become the publisher that we set out to, to be. And uh, again, deliver the best possible comic books for anyone that would pick up a Mad Kid Studios book. Right. And it sounds like you're taking those steps that might one day and hopefully will get you to that point. So, And then if you had to say one word of advice you've learned in your process creating a comic book company and creating comic books, is there one piece of advice that you would give aspiring comic book creators? I would probably say get the right people on the team, people that see the world like you do, um, people that are going to help you uh, become better, um, that are going to understand exactly what they're doing. Um, because sometimes with, with, with this type of projects that is hard, that there's so many moving parts, if, if you don't have the, the, the right people, if you, if you don't get uh, in sync with, with all of them, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to actually make something out of it. So try to, to really know the people that you're working with. Um, you have your bad days, you have your good days, sure. But you know when there's somebody on the team that, that really can, can help you this, uh, to the next level. I mean, people can try to identify earlier on. Um, you're basically going to, to strive um, earlier than not later. And then uh, are you ready for some more uh, rapid-fire questions? Sure, absolutely. I'll try to do my best. <laughs> All right. The first one is um, if you had to choose one writer that you'd want to work with, you'd want to hire for your company, who would it be? Oof. Is there anyone in particular? Many, yeah. There's many, but uh, if I could get uh, Matt Kint um, doing something with us, I mean, it would be – <laughs> I would I would probably spontaneously combust. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a great comic book writer. I mean, he's he's done stuff uh, for Valiant. He's done stuff for Dark Horse. He's done stuff for Boom. He's um he's great. Um, next question in a similar vein: If you could have dinner with any writer, living or dead, who could you choose and why? Mm. I would probably it would probably be Neil Gaiman. I really need to understand how that man's mind works. Um, because he, he's, he's so creative. I mean, he, he's amazing. And um, all the graphic novel that he did back in the day with, when he was working at Vertigo in DC, but now his books are awesome. I, I devour every book that, that he writes. So it would probably be him. And then what is something about your career or your life or Mad Cave that nobody knows? Oof. Mad Cave that nobody knows. Uh... I don't want you to get in trouble here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a tough one. Yes. Uh, 
nobody knows that probably I have a business degree and I have a master's in business administration and I'm doing comic books now for a living. But I'm sure those things are helping you. Of course. Yeah. They're helping a lot. <laughs> but the problem is that sometimes both uh, those things are so opposite sometimes that sometimes they, they kind of like go against each other a little bit. And then last question, has anyone ever told you that you couldn't be a writer or that you couldn't, you know, create a comic book company? And did you ever defy that? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking this. I remember when I was in college, I, um, I wanted to transfer to another university, a um, much, much better university. And uh, I remember that I needed a, sort of like a letter of recommendation from my English teacher because everybody in the faculty would just tell me like, listen, if you get a recommendation from him, definitely you're going to be, you have a chance. You have a chance going to the university. So we're like, okay, perfect. So I went up to this teacher and I was like, uh, listen, I want um, to ask a favor. Maybe if you can give me a recommendation um, going to this, um, this university. And he, he said, listen, I want to talk to you. Why don't you go to my office? Meet me at the end of the day. I was like, oh my God, sure. What does he want to talk about? Okay. So I went to his office and he said, no, I'm sorry, I cannot give you a recommendation. I don't think that you have what it takes to actually be a writer. You don't have the, the writing chops. Uh, I'm sorry, but I cannot give you a, a recommendation to, to actually go into that university. And now I'm trying to do this, but believe me, I think of that teacher every single day. Not wow. that teacher, that professor. I remember him and I'd be like, okay, maybe one day I can just see him <laughs> him again and be like take a look at this and tell him probably he will take his crap anyway but I <laughs> but i mean i don't know i tried to use that experience as fuel it's all about taking that negative and turning it into a positive um i think that's it for the questions did you want to plug your twitter handle for mad cave or sure they i mean it's it's um madcavestudios.com or madcave.com twitter is uh madcave studios Facebook, Madcave Studios, and Instagram is Madcave Studios, and also YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. A couple of cool videos there. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and, and, and walk us through uh, the whole experience of creating a comic book company. I feel like I've learned a lot, and uh, please keep us updated. Um, we're excited to kind of follow your, your uh, journey. Absolutely. No, but I want to thank you guys for the time. Thank you for really having me, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully this was productive for you guys. For anybody who would listen, uh, but really, I'm, I'm grateful because you, you gave me the chance to actually participate on this. Thank you. Amazing. And we are thankful for you. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mad Cave Studios. And thank you to our listeners for taking the time to listen. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.